So welcome to a very special edition of the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. Uh, news editor, Linda Stein. Hello, Linda. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Michael? <laughs> I happen to know you're not. You're like me. You're a little shaken up. Uh, we just finished uh, an interview. We've been interviewing candidates for governor and senator, et cetera, uh, here on the podcast. And we, had an, we have an interview you're about to hear with Senator uh, Doug Mastriano. And uh, it, it did not go the way that I think anyone intended, at least Linda and I intended. Um, but we were just discussing whether even to share it. It was such a uh, surprising surprise surprise let's we'll use that word surprise and so i would just like to say before you hear this that uh, all, all candidates are welcome we have not endorsed any candidates in this race i don't even know who linda plans on voting for in the upcoming primaries or which primary she plans on voting in i we, we don't know but i do think that uh it's important to share this conversation with you the voters of Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties, so you can decide who to vote for and whether our conversation with uh, Senator Mastriano fits into that. So without any edits or any further ado, the Delaware Valley Journal podcast interview of Senator Doug Mastriano. And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, where I know you're going regularly for the latest un otherwise unreported news for Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties. Uh, making sure that we get all the news right, we dot our I's and cross our T's literally, is our own news editor, Linda Stein. Linda, how are you? I'm great, Michael. You know what Thanks. you need in your life, Linda? You need more politics because you've only watched 738 hours of debates in the past two days. <laughs> right, so you, right. need, you need more politics. We already decided. And of course, we have that politics in our newsletter, which you can sign up for at DelawareValleyJournal.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. But who, who, best to who better to talk politics with than the gentleman who's currently viewed as the front runner in the Republican primary for governor of Pennsylvania, State Senator Doug Mastriano. Senator, welcome to the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. Thanks for having me on. What a great day in PA outside there. And this is going to get better. And of course, I got to ask the obvious question you get all the time. Who cuts your hair? No, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it's about the hair, Dagnabbit. <laughs> <laughs> we had to, well, look, we had to go there. And as you know, in the current climate of politics, there's a lot of places that we got to go. But first, we'll start with Linda Stein. Linda, go ahead. Okay, Senator, um, I saw you had put out a position paper where in the first hundred days of your term, if you're elected governor, um, you would do all sorts of things. Uh, can you give us a rundown of a few of the most important ones? Yes, thank you, Linda. You know, I appreciate you guys because you, you're always fair. I mean, and that's all we look for. We don't look for adoration pieces, but we do look for fairness. And so you uh, really are a journalist and uh, I'm thankful for you out there. We need more people like you. Uh, so the first hundred days, uh, obviously on day one, I'll be taking decisive action with my governor's pen. Uh, day one, uh, CRT and any variations that will be prohibited in Pennsylvania. I will, uh, of course, uh, be looking forward to legislation to codify that into law from the General Assembly, which I, which there's already a, a bill. There's actually two bills out there, one in the House and Senate. Um, one of them is mine, actually. Um, 
teaching the kids to hate each other and their country is unconscionable and schools should not be used for indoctrination but for education so day one no crt and there will be ramifications for schools uh, that defy that this is not negotiable period uh day one uh Guess what? We're going to follow the science. Linda, I've been told the past two years under the guise of COVID with the failed Democrat policies of Tom Wolf to follow the science, Doug, coming from Levine, by the way, ironically. Um, but so we're going to follow the science when it comes to sports. And guess what? We're going to go with biology and genetics and DNA and chemistry and everything else, physiology, anatomy, and only females... Only biological females can compete in female sports. Imagine that. Shocking. Uh, so day one, uh, no biological males in female sports, period. Not negotiable. Uh, day one, we're going to be out of the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. Uh, Tom Wolf thought it was a good idea to sign us up to Reggie, as it's called, uh, to this Paris uh, cap and trade kind of scheme. Uh, this compact includes uh, now 12 states, including us. Uh, we're the only energy producing state uh, that's part of this, this, this scheme. Uh, what does it mean for Pennsylvanians? Why should we care? Maybe never even heard of Reggie. Uh, it's going to cost us more energy or more, more money to produce energy. We have to pay for CO2 emissions. So all those energy plants across the state, uh, they're going to be shutting down and leaving and going to West Virginia and Texas. So on, and it's going to cost us in the first year, we're a member of Reggie, thank you, Tom Wolf, an extra $461 million. That's 30% more on your, uh, your energy bills. Uh, $2 billion over the next two years, it's estimated. So day one, we're out, and that's an in instant net savings of Pennsylvania. You'll see your energy costs go down. Uh, day one, this I haven't even got to the first 100 days, Linda. Day one. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the pace we're going, we may have to stick with, like, day one first hour here, Senator. <laughs> okay, probably enough. Uh, you, you guys see that we have a clear vision here to get Pennsylvania uh, friendly uh, to business, friendly to families. Well, Senator, I also wanted to ask you to tell the voters why you're the best Republican to uh, beat Josh Shapiro in the fall. Well, so what we need in Pennsylvania is real leadership. And so when you have, you know, nine candidates standing up front and all saying, you know, I'll fight for you. I'll, I'll stand for you. I'll do this and that. I pledge. I promise I will. And uh, but you look at eight of the nine, you know, take me out of this equation and none of them lifted a finger when the state was the, the state was shut down over the past two years. Didn't did not help me with voting integrity, did not help me with with the, the elder who were dying in his homes or Tom Wolf uh, and Levine thought it was a good idea to send the sick into follow the science that science deniers and uh, on and on and on, you know, fighting for your kids in schools, unmasking and all this and taking the shots. Uh, and uh so the talk is cheap. And so I ask people as they, as they go to these debates and forums and other gatherings, you know, ask these candidates, what have you done and where have you been the past two years? Because if they didn't lift a finger to help us when we needed them, they ain't going to be there as governor. And so what, what makes me stand out? First off, proven and demonstrated leadership. That's a fact. That's, that's how somebody, you know, brand new to politics, but I'm not a politician, has, has such, you know, wide reach. So how, how, how are we going to beat Josh Shapiro? It's actually going to be pretty easy. First off, we have a statewide movement. It's funny, the media only now starting to realize that we have this massive walk is free people movement across this entire state. I don't know how they missed it, Linda, because we've been having rallies with uh, thousands of people showing up actually for some years, actually, uh, that, that's continued. Uh, for instance, uh, my competitor will be Josh Shapiro. Little Josh. And uh, Josh had his announcement rally a few months back. Uh, it wasn't a rally. His, his announcement speech was, I think, in Pittsburgh on Allegheny River. I believe he had about 20 people show up to his event. 
Uh, my announcement rally in Gettysburg, a day after a snowstorm, had 1,400 plus people show up. I mean, wherever we go, Linda, we, we, we run out of seats. We're having a bus tour and our Lock Haven event, I think has 250 seats, kind of a small venue, but it's, it's a mini stop. Uh, we only have eight seats left and that's two weeks from now. I mean, this is insane. We were in Lancaster County on a Tuesday night uh, last month with a rally, Tuesday, terrible night for a rally, Tuesday night. And we had 1,100 people show up at that event. I mean, so how we're going to win is the people's movement. The other thing, of course, is we're on the right side of the issues. Democrats have gone, I know the media likes to paint us, you know, as radical far right. What a bunch of crock of nonsense. I, I represent the, the, the normal American values that 90% that of the people in the state embrace. And that includes most of the Democrat Party. Their party has gone so radical left. Josh Shapiro stood aside during the shutdown. He allowed Levine to send the sick into the homes. He did, Josh Shapiro did not defend our elderly that were dying there in those death camps that, that Josh Shapiro looked, and instead he went after the homes rather than Levine. But Josh Shapiro has gone so far left that he rather sued the poor, the nuns, the poor sisters, uh, you know, or whatever they were called, <laughs> rather than, than go after people right. because they didn't like their policies on uh, birth control, rather than going after crime in Philadelphia. I mean- so so yes. you've led so you've led right into my question because you brought up all three elements because uh the the desire of republican primary voters in the delaware valley and across the state of pennsylvania is to win and there's a concern that uh your campaign is in a tough spot when it comes to having growing a big enough slice of the pie in november to win you mentioned having rallies obviously a lot of people talked about a rally you attended in april that some people have characterized as a uh, sponsored by QAnon conspiracy theory advocates and you've also um uh had had uh people ask questions about your stance on the rally on january 6th so i just have two questions that i want to ask one of them is what do you think happened at Jan on January 6th? What, what, in your opinion, uh, Senator, what happened on January 6th? And what should the right response have been to that? I don't understand, it, brother. You got, you got to let me talk. You, you threw a lot at me. Right. First, now, 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 I asked the question. Now, here's your chance to answer. It's a really, really simple system. It's going to be a long answer, so I'm not going to let you stand on any of that crap you passed. Oh on no, no, there. I'm I'm saying I'm at, giving you a chance to respond. These are the allegations that have been made. I'm oh. not saying anything. I'm okay. waiting to hear your answer. Thank you for passing on baseless claims as the left always done on us. You know, I, I, I shake my head because Barack Obama is literally, was literally a best friend and he called a mentor of a convicted domestic terrorist. And everyone looked aside and made excuses for him. And so to paint the people in Gettysburg at that good event as Q conspiracists is, is so disingenuous. I don't know why you'd want to take something from that guy from Philadelphia Inquirer and take it seriously. Well, there the were QAnon people there. I, I know for a fact there are QAnon people there. I hear from the QAnon people. That's one of the joys of being in the so media. What? So what? So, okay, I, I want you to call out Josh Shapiro then and, and scrutinize who, who's in his audience or which groups he's speaking with, or do you give him a free pass? That's what I always see on the left, and I'm sick and tired of it. We, if, if you're going to cast judgments and aspersions on, on people that I associate with, then by God, you better do with Josh Shapiro and, and, uh, and Fetterman. I know Fetterman has been in a room with some really radical people, especially with his, uh, his uh, bus tour around the state on uh, recreational use of marijuana. Free pass every damn time. And so we got to tighten this up. Well, you know, Senator, some people would argue that uh, Mr. Leonard Tennant Governor Fetterman is with is, radical as people far as, when he's in as a far room as by right himself. To assemble, as, as far as my right to assemble, uh, you may forget, we do have a constitution. And, and, you know, unlike you, I actually defended that constitution for 30 years of my life. It's, it's no game. And, and I resent the fact that you want to castigate 
anyone who went down to Washington DC on January 6th is some kind of an enemy of the public, that is, that is dangerous. You're talking like an East German there because we have the right to assemble in the constitution and shame on you. I, I do know that, that the left and maybe even your outlet proudly reported on what Barack Obama said in 2016. In 2016, uh, Antifa and BLM, uh, they, they gathered around the nation and they were criticized by some uh, journalists, uh, but Barack Obama says, no, don't, don't condemn this group here because it's not right to condemn uh, a group or a movement based off the actions of a few. And so anyone who breaks the law at any event, whether it's in Washington, D.C. or Minnesota, they need to be held to equal justice. What we see now in America, thanks to biased left-wing reporting, is that we have a double standard reporting. Uh, I could gather on the steps in the Capitol and be condemned as reckless super spreader, you know, endangering our, our state. Uh, but we look the other way when Tom Wolf gets on the steps there with Levine and others because it's a cause that that state approved. This is a very dangerous trend here. And I, I fear for my country and especially that you'd buy into this, this narrative here and, and uh, perpetuate it. What a waste of time. Oh, um, well, can we talk about other things then? Yes. OK, well, I think you had mentioned before, Senator, that um, you had a plan to help with the crime wave in Philadelphia that um, has been uh, fostered by DA Larry Krasner. All right. What's your question? Well, what would you do about it once you uh, become governor? Yeah, well, there's a lot I can do. And, you know, I did speak about this on a debate. And by the way, the debate was held with the four you know, leading candidates that got at least 5% or, or more of the vote, which is pretty low. And, yeah, uh, I watched the debate. <laughs> and about 70% of the people said I, 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 that I uh, wanted. That, that was yesterday. I don't know if the polls out today. But uh, check it out. So first off, it starts off with having the backs of the police. We, we have to stand with our brothers and sisters in blue. Right now, since Governor Wolf does not have their backs, and that same rally that, that you know, you should condemn as much as you condemn anyone on the right then for anything that happens, because that same rally that Tom Wolf had on the steps of the Capitol uh, the first June of the COVID shutdown after I, for three months, have been taking crap from the leftist media about how reckless and dangerous endangering the public it was for me to gather and exercise my constitutional freedoms that I fought for. And by God, I'm going to defend them. And, and I will stand in the face of anyone that stands between me and that constitution. Uh, Tom Wolf stood out there protected by a plain coast state police officer and with a blue lives murder behind his sign. And so with that kind of environment, our police are being uh, more cautious than they probably normally would be because they know the Wolf administration does not have their back. Uh, under Mastriano, I stand with the men and women in blue, uh, and that's a fact. We'll stand with them through thick and thin. Uh, they deserve our thanks. They did deserve to be fully funded uh, under this administration and other Democrats around the state here. Uh, they've been defunded. So first off, get them funded and respect them, because right now there's a dearth of recruitment of, of police locally and as well as uh, state police, because it's not a good place to be. There's a war on police. Uh, the Democrats have gone so extreme left that they've created an environment where police don't feel safe. And we, we've seen across the nation and in Pennsylvania as well, where police are constantly uh, under assault or attack. So that's number one. Uh, and number two is, of course, uh, funding them. Uh, number three, um, you know, I, I do see some political stunts from uh, at least one of my colleagues in the race here. You know, he has, it's, it's funny, this person is, it has been in, an efficient, in a position uh, in the General Assembly to help the people of Philadelphia, but suddenly he's only interested in doing that to garner votes. And so I, I'm not for grandstanding. We need to deliver results. If need be, the state police uh, could, could assist in Philadelphia. Uh, if things get so bad in certain areas, of course, we always have the National Guard as well. Uh, that's a last recourse. But in the end, the people of Philadelphia want the same things that the people across Franklin County and the other side of the state want as well. 
They want to be able to live their lives in safety and not have to look over their shoulder. Uh, you know, there's places in Philadelphia where people don't feel so safe. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest with you. Uh, that's that's a darn shame because Philadelphia should be the light of the nation and uh, where it all began and where our Constitution was signed. The same place in 1787 where the, the where the Constitution and the Bill of Rights of course, was signed. Those same Bill of Rights, of course, as I already mentioned in the previous discussion, it's it's castigated. You know, how dare you gather with people I don't agree with politically? You know, I I, I don't like the nature and tone of this whole interview because that is so unfair. So I, I hope you'll ask, you'll do scrutiny on, or are you just going to be too lazy? You're going to do scrutiny on who Josh Shapiro associates with? Of course you won't because there's a sympathy with a left-wing left cause. You know, how offensive to Pennsylvanians that uh, one side is critiqued and criticized, oh, you have conspiracy theorists there. Oh, okay, maybe. So what? Does that matter? Are you trying to discredit well, me, Senator? I, I don't. I don't think that we're left wing at all. I think we're probably like more but center why? right. But um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was Act seventy seven and the mail in ballots. Are you going to no, do something to get rid of those? We're not, not going to respond because then, then if you're not in cause of that, why ask that question? Why, why can't you use an intellectual curiosity other than perpetuating a disinformation or, or a very biased opinion from the Philadelphia Inquirer, especially from Andrew, of all people, that that guy- well, is, I'm, I am is, intellectually curious. I'm intellectually curious about what your answer is when people bring up the issue. That was, well, that's no, my question. And your answer is that people who question you are coming between you and the constitution, which is kind of a- uh, an interesting uh, stance to take. Do you think people should not be criticizing you, Senator? Is that your position? Obviously, you lack the ability to think critically because I said I gave a lot of reasons why. Of course, the other one was, uh, do you ask the same questions of the left? And of course you don't because the inquirer does, doesn't. So is that your answer to the question of oh, absolutely how you're going to handle the issue same. How absolutely ridiculous, insane that you would parp on this thing here. Uh, you are wrong to do that. And that's an insult to anyone you disagree with politically. I mean, you're echoing left wing talking points here and you're not doing any good to a republic. You know, this is no game for me. And that's I never wanted to get in politics because of this kind of crap I have to deal with here. I'm looking for honest discussion and debate and not like I got you. Oh, so you were at you were at, at a conference discussion. at Gettysburg. You so were I in a conference at Gettysburg with people I don't like politically. Really? How stupid. You know, there's a lot of things going on in Pennsylvania that people care about more more than uh, these little gotchas. Oh, Doug, Doug was uh, at this rally here with people that, that are conspiracy. Really? And prove to me exactly. Uh, give me some facts. And OK, you heard. From, who's your source? Who's the Q person out there that you got this information from? Prove it to me. I, I don't believe you. You don't think that there were any Q people at that event or organizing the event or sending out emails or posting Facebook uh, memes uh, advancing the QAnon conspiracy theory at that event. I'm asking you to give me evidence because you're, you're throwing out something that you have no evidence for uh, other than just making. Oh, no, point. I have evidence that there were people there who All were right. Q because they okay. weren't hiding the fact that they were Q. G give me, give me names, give me names and prove to me well, how I, they were. I, we, I'm we're not aware. We're not personal, not aware we're not personal friends, but I want to be clear. So your answer to the question you of how you're going to handle because this, I don't if you're going to assert something as a journalist, you better have evidence to back it up. Other than, hey, I read something on the internet. Oh, I got an email from somebody. Are you seriously? You know, I, I read something from Andrew Seidman. Are you kidding me? What, what a joke. Okay. Well, so, that, so that's how you're going to answer the question. How are you going to answer questions about your claims about the uh, 2020 election being stolen? Uh, do you have a strategy for dealing with that in the November election? Yeah, obviously you haven't watched uh, anything that I put out about this over the past uh, year and a half. 
Clearly, because uh, have you done your research? Did you read all my articles, op-eds, the videos? Did you watch my hearing in Gettysburg? So that's your answer to the question of how you're going to handle that in November. Uh, my answer is obviously you didn't do your research. I've answered this thing numerous times. Anderson said at the debate. I don't know if you watched the debate either. So your position is is that it was a good election it was, and there was no, no corruption. I, I, I'm going to try a third time, Senator. Because how do you plan to handle all as I the hear Republican candidate all I hear the issue you of is the, your claims that the election was stolen? That's all. Senator? Okay, I guess that question would have been better waiting to the end, huh? <laughs> uh, and that was uh, Senator uh, Doug Mastriano, and that was the interview, and it's unedited, and we're uh, sharing it with you just as it occurred, and uh, that's one of the exciting things about uh, being in journalism. Uh, thank you so much for checking this out, and thank you for sharing it with your friends, whatever their political party, or maybe they don't like politics. Uh, I am Michael Graham. You can find us at DelawareValleyJournal.com.